Hey guys, I'm John. I'm here with my buddy Johnny. Hello. And we're here for Talk About That. You know it. Some might say it's a podcast. <laughs> Some would. I would not say that. It's just two dudes talking. Because, yeah, it, it, you know you're listening to a podcast already, is what I've been told. Did I ever tell you, because I have a friend in radio, okay, he was in radio for years, and he was at a jazz station uh, called WJBZ or something like that. It was in Harriman, Tennessee. <laughs> jazz it station a, in Harriman. It was a 25,000-watt station, tiny station. So... It's like an iPhone watch. So I don't know if you ever watched WKRP in Cincinnati. It was an old show in the 70s and early 80s. But those characters are real. Like there's those guys who go from station to station and they get fired and they just – they have to relearn the ropes and they – so this guy signs on and he's doing the morning show at WJBZ or whatever for the first time ever. He just came from Tupelo and he came from Tulsa and before that he was in, you know, Michigan, whatever, you know. (laughs) So he comes to the mic. First day on the job, and Dave's back, you know, doing pr- producing for him or something, my friend. And he gets on the mic, he goes, Q! <laughs> Click, and he shut it down. <laughs> he realized he was already saying the wrong call letters because <laughs> he had been at Q something. <laughs> so that's what I always think when somebody, like, confidently, like, says something in the mic. It's like, nope, that's not right. Already wrong. That's great. <laughs> Q! Go, oh, gosh. That's funny. I sometimes wish we were live yeah. for that reason because sometimes we do st- – like I already stopped it when we first started yeah. because right. uh, the microphone made a noise. So, But well, we're not without – we were without our producer today, so that's part of that. Oh. So, yeah, Dane's not here, so we're um, pushing the buttons ourselves, and uh, yeah, that's no good. So, But, you know, we miss him. and um, We do. Dane, if you're out there. Somewhere live right now, somehow he's editing this, so he's definitely <laughs> listening. He's the one who made this sound like anything usable. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, well, Johnny, how you doing, man? I'm good. I've been traveling a lot. February was the busiest month I've ever had in comedy. Twenty two uh, out of twenty eight days, is that right? No, I was gone. I was gone twenty two out of twenty eight days. I had about fifteen events. Wow. The last of which will be. This will have already aired, but I will. I'm doing a uh, marriage event Friday. That's not February, though. We're out of February. Today is the... Tw- oh well, we can't gosh. tell our listeners what today is. Oh. <laughs> it's not a leap year, right? This it's not 29. Is, this is March the... Uh, but yes, technically, we're recording this on February 28th. 29. There's not 29, though. I don't it's, believe... It's not a leap year. No, this is not a leap year. And they do that because every day is... Uh, every winding year is, road? I don't... Every... <laughs> every... The first cut is the deepest. No. Every year... We is 365 and one quarter days, really, right? To get it right, we have to then add the day at the end of the fourth year. You know, year. everyone says, look, well, to, or we would what, to, go back in I time. I don't know. Like, to get it right, what would happen if we didn't? Something would be bad. Like, this would be June now, somehow. But it can, oh, okay, so you mean it would like shift the seasons possibly? Probably after but, a but while. Aren't they shifting anyway? Well, they, they would shift wrongly. But, I mean, though. I'm not a scientist. <laughs> You don't say. You know, Flat Earth has been in the news a lot lately because <laughs> there's people that are like NBA stars who believe it, like Kyrie Irving believes the Flat Earth. And there was a rapper who said he believed it too. And I have a friend who's a comedian who believes in Flat okay, Earth. Okay, you have to help me because I have heard about this. I went to the website. I went to their website. I went to their Facebook page because I wanted and to so see. so mission accomplished because now they've got more ads because you came. They are fascinating. If you don't, If you get a chance, go to Flat Earth. Uh, society uh, Facebook page their memes are so fascinating they really believe that they first of all they believe Antarctica is a wall of ice that's what keeps the water in that's what keeps the oceans in 
that when we say we've reached Antarctica, it's ra- it's all around us at the edges. So it's the ice wall. It's re- it's literally, I don't. It's like Game of Thrones because they have an ice wall in Game of Thrones. And, and tell me, okay, so the images from space of around Earth all are faked. those conspiracy? They're faked, or they're done with what they call a fisheye lens, which means it adds a curve to the horizon. So the horizon is flat. But when you look at it through a fisheye lens, it curves it at the end. Like if you're looking at your peephole in your door. So that's the reason the okay. images can be curved. What about the humans who looked out the window? They're all in a, par- a part of a vast conspiracy. So it does come Flat down. Earth people not only believe those stars are faked, they believe we've never been to space. The moon is a lot closer. The sun is local. They believe the sun is smaller and local. It's not 93 million miles away. And they believe it moves in some kind of a weird concentric circle like an oval pattern. And that's what creates our seasons. Not that it goes around the world that's tilting, that's spinning at 1,000 miles per hour. You mean we go around the sun is what we We go around the sun, but I'm saying they believe that the sun is pivoting around us. So it's an Earth-centric. Very Earth-centric. And that the stars and stuff are not real. Real? I think they just believe that they're not – there are no galaxies and galaxies. and And we can't reach them even if there were. Wow. And they believe that like – Was this all on the front page of the website? Dude, it's crazy. Some of the stuff they believe. It's <laughs> you, fat. You really – you know, and I'm a little jealous of Oh, you. I read for a while because I was like, this is drawing me in. But I'm just fascinated how much you retained. Yeah. I mean they – you know, I got to tell you, John, they almost won me over. <laughs> no. They, <laughs> <laughs> well, and again, I'm, I'm very open to being wrong. Right. Like I'm okay with that. And, and I'm not – you know, my dad was a pretty big conspiracy theorist. He would have believed that. Well, honestly, they use the Bible a lot. A lot of these same people are, that are huge Bible nuts. They do. They say because God uh, God established the firmament. They use the firmament a lot. In the firm, they think the firmament it proves that word firmament proves it's a it's a flat Earth. Like, okay, from a from a biblical standpoint, uh, I understand if you if you really research the history of when people began believing the earth was not the center. Right. It was a major church, like, yeah. catastrophe. People were, like, you could be burned, burned at the stake at the for, stake for yeah. that because of that very thing, you know. Um, and, and I think, to me, I do see humanity as being a centerpiece of God's creation. Yeah. And so, but I also think that there's an, an infinite nature to God that I'm not surprised that the universe appears to be infinite from our viewpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, let's think about it like this. Just because we're that important to God, just as uh, the sun is that important to us, the idea that we're, that God's revolving around us, if, if you know, these two, right. if one supports the other, is still not at all what I think the true biblical message is. And the idea is, even though we're we're maybe the most important thing, we are the most important thing to him, we still revolve around him. Right. I mean, that, and I think that, anyway, I don't mean to make it so metaphorical, but but that 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 was always the issue, you know, yeah. for them. And so it's just the same issue today. But It is interesting. And, um, well, yeah, it's like those, it's easy to just go, oh, they're nuts or whatever. But, and, and I don't, I think you have to ignore so much. Like, I'm always been one, we talked about this before, but I don't really believe in conspiracies because I believe somebody's always going to want to write a book. What the heck is that supposed to mean? Oh, I mean, sorry. It means somebody's going to want to write a book and get paid for it <laughs> and need a ghostwriter. Johndriver.com. <laughs> you can visit right now. I'll write your conspiracy manual. You know what manual. I mean? Though it's like two people, like if I killed a guy and I told you, or we killed a guy together, we'd be like, 
we can never speak of right, this, right. or if. our life will be, <laughs> <laughs> because our life will be changed forever. We can't ever reveal this, blah, blah, blah. But there are noises. Sorry. The podcast is not haunted, I assure you, dear listeners. I wonder if it's possible for someone to be quite so loud. It was very it's loud. It's crazy. It's coming through the ceiling. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, you, like it, you don't think they can keep a secret? If it gets beyond three people, I think that's when it gets weird. Yeah. Now, obviously, if it serves your best interest to keep it, but let's say you're just a dude that works the, you're the you're the janitor at NASA. Uh-huh. You overhear a lot of stuff. <laughs> Do you? You would. I'm saying you would overhear them being like, you know, here, let's get these to the Photoshop lab, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and then you might say, well, heck, I'm making twenty thousand dollars a year. I'm going public with this. Listen, Somebody I, would have come out with it. I'm, I'm not poo-pooing the janitor or his ability to understand this. I would just think that the I'm con- just using an example like a low-income person at NASA would still be privy to some of these facts. I wonder if they're required. We've never been to space. We've never been to the moon. It was all faked in Arizona at a soundstage. If that's true, there's so many people that but have see, to be involved. Johnny, a the, true- the guy who held the light. <laughs> to fake the flag shadow or whatever they said, yeah. okay? But they said falls on the wrong side because the sun would be on the other side. If that guy was just holding the light and then he just goes to lunch and he's thinking, well, I wonder what's going to happen with these photos. And then he hears, we've landed on the moon. He's like, no, we didn't. And he tells all his friends, dude, I held the light. <laughs> they, we were in Arizona. This, then what do they do then? They go kill him? Yes. And why, do, why would we, what's the point? Of saying that we landed on the moon if Johnny, we did. you don't understand the point? Yes. What's the point? The point was the Cold War. The point was Russia put a satellite in space before us. This is all about JFK versus Russia. No, but Russia. I'm saying like the one-upsmanship, yes. But, but that I'm was a really now, big deal because – To keep funding billions and billions of dollars into where's the money going? But if the it's, Cold War – Is it only War, going to some kid's Photoshop on his computer? Be like, well, we need some more photos of Saturn – but the Cold War, you understand, was by its very definition, it was a war of confidence. Yeah. And so that kept them from firing a missile from Cuba because they think that we're more technologically advanced. It's a, it's a strategy right. intimidation game. Like Star Wars, uh, Ronald Reagan's missile right. program that it's, said we could shoot down any missile as soon as it And was then fired. we're going to blow you up, by the way, the moment you try and it. And it wasn't real, was it? Didn't they find out it wasn't real? Oh, it's still not real. I don't think it's real. So we, we believe that Star Wars missile defense program was fake. I, no, I think what but we, we believe, believe that we did land on the moon. I don't know if they ever. I want to know what you believe. I don't on. think they ever proclaimed that it was real. I think that he started the program and I think we wanted everybody to think that it was working. But no, they never came out and said, I don't think that, that we have it. Because I think it's common knowledge that it never, it, when they tried it, it with did tests. Did it stand for something? Does, does he just call it Star Wars to be cool? Probably. Or did it stand for something like strategic, <laughs> strategic, uh, tyrannical, <laughs> no, wait, ter- terrestri- strategic, terrestrial, anti- Astronaut <laughs> restriction. Uh, automatic response. Okay, so you got strategic, terrestrial, automatic response. That's probably it. And then wars would just be wars. <laughs> <laughs> By the time, by the time the team at NASA got that far, they're like, you know what, you know what, wars. We'll just call it wars. <laughs> I don't know, Johnny. Um, here's the thing: I could buy the lens, like not, not like okay. Yeah, I could buy that. The only methodology by which we're looking at things yeah. has has 
some paradigm to it that we're not aware of because we're looking through it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I could buy that to some extent, except again, once somebody's up there, than the naked eye. Now to say that those people, I agree with you. All those people are lying and they're all in on it. It's pretty much. It's too many people. It's just too many. Um, now I do think the guy holding the light probably had to be somebody high up at NASA to have a truly good conspiracy or a lie if it was going to work. Then the people in the organization perpetuating the conspiracy have to, most of them actually believe it. Yeah. That, that, that has to be a key. Um, so you're saying he believed he was on the moon and not in there? No, no, he would have been like a higher up guy. Like <laughs> we only had like five guys in there who were all in on it. You would but have I'm let saying, just once, some dude. But off once the we won the space race, why keep going to Mars? Why keep going when the Cold War's over? Well, it didn't end. Well, hey, do you think it odd that it only took what 25 years after the fall? of communism yeah. in Russia for us to really stop going to space pretty consistently. Yeah. Coincidence, Johnny? Well, I thought it was because stuff was blowing up. Like well, the that, Challenger that, blew that, up yeah. and it became... It, we did have some... I, plus, I mean, once was, you go to the moon, you're like, well, all right, that was... Pretty. It was really, I think, as much about um, how much money it costs for very little return on research and investment because it's like, yeah. well, it's, it's still just... A vacuum, you know, like it's true. Not, you always think it's a NASA technology, and you're like, This is my mattress. Why is this NASA technology? <laughs> What's happening? Space age. It's like there's really nothing. So you had a that month. was the thing in the 80s to advertise they could just space put age. space age or NASA technology or put the word 2000 after it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> right? It's not just a soap dispenser, it's the SOPO 2000. <laughs> <laughs> And state of the art was the other. That's the other yeah. thing. State of the art. If you're state of the art now, you know it's antiquated. It's like it's so funny how the words now mean the opposite. <laughs> you know? Well, it's very, very interesting. Um, well, I don't know. I would like to, to change the subject abruptly and oh. just say that since our last podcast, yes, I have uh, developed quite the taste for hot tea. Really? Yeah, Earl Grey. You're one of them fancy lads, aren't I, you? Well, you know, there's a there's a reason. I think my, I love coffee, as you know, and I still have coffee. Yeah. But I used to just sit here and refill my coffee all day. So instead, because my office is located on the same level now, we had moved our cafe, our brew cafe upstairs. Yeah. And the espresso machine has this just great hot water, like steaming hot water dispenser. This is so, such a mega church story. So, right oh, so, let me tell you. so all day long, I could leave my office. And when I finish this cup, I just yeah. leave the same tea bag in there even. Mm. And I go in and just fill it back up with water. And it's like it's so much simpler than brewing coffee. It's a simpler you life. Get, you can get more cups of tea out of the same tea yeah, bag? You How can many use cups? Well, I might do it all day because I'm getting water too, as long as it still tastes good. I don't understand. The tea doesn't lose its. It'll be a little weaker, yeah. kind of like you. <laughs> Woo. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, no. So I didn't know that, and I'm not a tea person. Well, maybe this is. I like sweet tea. I'm saying this for some I mean, reason I, I because cold you, tea, you drink tea. cold tea. You don't like coffee. Yeah, Johnny, this could be the drink you've been waiting for because you want to like hot drinks. You always say that. I wish I liked coffee. Yeah. Maybe you could be, but I would want I would want to have something in it like you can sweeten it. it. Yeah, you sweeten hot tea, Johnny. I think it's time for us to try it before we come back on the podcast. I want you to have some hot tea. Okay, I'll make it for you. We'll put some whatever you want, whatever you want. Put a little honey honey in it. I can't have honey. I'm on the low carb diet. (laughs) Did you literally just say, "Can I put honey in?" And then tell me you can't have it? You're already trying to sabotage. I'm saying what I would want. What I would want to make it taste. You know, let's edible. use some artificial sweetener, something that will poison your body, but make you lose weight. <laughs> right. That'd be good. <laughs> There's a conspiracy for you. That's right. Those yeah. emails. They cut open the brain tumor and there was equal in it, in a, the tumor. In a package still. <laughs> it was blue. <laughs> so now spread this to eight of your friends. Let's yeah. see what happens. Well, you know, hey, 
I know I'm the only guy out there watching this. Yes. But you actually heard about it because this is going to be the time of year. And okay. I know this sounds like I'm um, some horrible. Are you going to the vaults? I know I'm some horrible judgmental guy because I'm going to make this statement. Nobody's. I'm the guy who's watched every game. And now when March Madness happens, people are like, oh, I love March Madness. My fa-. And people have not watched basketball, but no. me and, and a select pick few. The, they pick their bracket based on the uniforms and the mascots. Yeah. It's like, you know, my, my Andrew is the worst. Andrew, who are you going to have on the podcast? Yeah. Andrew is the worst for this. He oh. will act like, oh, man, did you see the balls last night when it's in March Madness? I'm like, bro, I've invested yeah. I've invested time. Right. I have watched the Vols uh, more this year than I have in previous years. Did you watch them last night against Mississippi State? I did. I saw the last few minutes of the game. Dude, Admiral Schofield went off. He is ripped. He is a big dude. He is jacked up. I watched uh, an interview with him or read an interview where he's like the dude from the Green Mile. You throw a basketball jersey on him. <laughs> Just be like, go get him. Then he opens his mouth and bees come out. It's crazy. Swarm the other team. That's a great move. Oh my gosh, it's just like that. Um, <laughs> he he uh, said that the that coach uh, Barnes is like has to remind him how big he is because he wants to fade away. It reminds yeah. me of playing basketball with you because yeah. you're always a fade away. I'm like John, you're the tallest guy out here. But, right, go strong. But you know you don't necessarily know you're the tallest guy. He goes, people. He has to tell me. He even said it like that. I look like this. Is what he said. He has yeah. to remind me that I look like this. So just go hard at him. You know. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was funny. Like, I, I think if I look like that, you wouldn't have to remind me. No, I would have. Yeah. <laughs> I would po- be posing all day. That reminds me of a far, my favorite Far Side cartoon. Remember the Far Side? Oh, I loved Far Side. Far Side cartoon. My favorite one is these kids are in a huddle in a basketball game. It looks like a high school basketball game. And this one guy has this huge hand hanging down. And the coach is saying to him, just keep that hand in his face. <laughs> Yeah, it's I remember so, that one. So funny. God, that's so great. And my favorite one, I know it's the big, it's probably the most famous one, is uh-huh. the, the kid pushing on the door that says pull well, at the yeah. school for gifted yeah, children. Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah. So funny. <laughs> uh, and that sounds like something. But anyway, yes, the Vols are on the move, and they tied Auburn last night because Auburn lost. We won. Correct. Although we have not beat Auburn. Well, we only played them once, and we lost. It was early. It was our second But that's SEC how you tell game. if you're better than a team, usually, is you play them. And you're saying, what happened now? Basketball's why long. Would they, why would they not still be in the lead then? Because they have the tiebreaker. Well, they will have the tiebreaker in terms of seeding in the SEC tournament. Yes. Okay? But technically, because we played other teams they didn't play, it um, doesn't matter. They just beat us. If we have the same record, we'll right. share the title. We'll share the conference title, regular season. And that's done? No. Oh, uh, we have one more We game. play Georgia on Saturday. But that's a win. It, no. We, we've lost five in a row to Georgia. And we beat Florida and beat Kentucky twice, but Georgia's had our number. Um, we lost a tough game on the road, but this is going to be at Thompson Bowling in Knoxville. Okay. and You going to go? Oh, I would love it, but I, tickets I, got go. a, I got a volleyball tournament. Uh, not right. me. No. My daughter has a volleyball tournament. <laughs> I just can't I was pin. imagining you like playing with Iceman and Slider, <laughs> well, I can't oiling fit. up your guns. I don't fit into the short shorts anymore, Johnny. That's what was the, the Kenny Loggins song that was on during the volleyball scene, Playing with the Boys? Was that during Top Gun? Mm-hmm. Was it Kenny Loggins song? It was a Kenny Loggins you know song. Every song is a Kenny Loggins song on that movie, except for Berlin, uh, Take My Breath Away, which yes. is a cover. People don't know that. Go ahead. Of whom? Wait, Berlin. that's probably of who. Yeah. Dang of it. Who? You say whom. To whom just... the cover tolls. <laughs> um, I don't know who it's a cover of, but I know that it's a cover, and they like that's their big hit, and so they hate that they have to play a cover song, and that's their, if they want to eat meals now, but late in their career. Yeah. Isn't that a bummer? I don't know if that'd be a fun song to listen to live. No, it's just kind of a... Like if you're not watching Tom Cruise and 
Who was it? Yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a date song. It's a makeout song. Yeah. Did you know? Because you know what, we always give me a hard time, especially when my wife is on the podcast about this whole Mariah Carey thing. Which, by the way, I don't have a thing for Mariah Carey. Why did you bring her up? Because my wife has a thing for the volleyball scene in that movie. That's her favorite movie when she was a kid, a teenager. Yeah. And she remembers like one summer. For some reason, she was at home, but she watched it like five times a day, and that's the scene. She watched that scene? The movie. Oh. But that's the scene. You mean like that scene on a loop? Like, I'm calling her out right now. Like, she likes that scene. That's her Mariah Carey. Even though I don't have Mariah Carey as something for me, (laughs) this really is a thing for her, and yet we blame me, you know? Uh, When she comes on, I want her to defend herself. I think that scene is a little bit weird. Yeah. Like, they're all playing, it's a little bit, it's not... (laughs) I don't want to have to. And edit. then they're making fun of him for going on a date with a woman. Like they're like, "Fine, go," you know. And he's like, "Yeah, I have a date with a woman." Well, yeah, but they're a bunch of they're a bunch of military guys. They're like buddies. There's that yeah. thing, like you know, yeah. God, I can't say anything. I'm I'm thinking right now. Bros before. <laughs> I have bros before e, Kelly McGillis. Except after yeah. anyway, it's fine. So yeah, I mean, yeah, you're gonna give him a hard time, but um, that's okay. Well, Laura, if you're out there. Look, a lot of people like that. A lot of women like that scene. Yeah. I mean, you know, when I was young, I kind of favored. You favored Tom Ice Cruise? Man. Oh, yeah, you favored no. Iceman? Oh, no, Tom Cruise, you're right. He's Maverick. <laughs> I like that you You mean didn't... you favored him? You mean you think you looked like him? Don't you think? I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely do not think you ever looked like Tom it's Cruise. It's true. I never have. You had brown hair. That's it. <laughs> That's all you had going for you. you and you kind of were interested in Scientology. That is all you had. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else was different. Did you, did you? I like those uh, progressive commercials. Have you seen the one where the guy, it's not Flo, it's the guy, Jamie? Yeah. And oh, where he goes, we look the same. Yeah, oh my so, gosh. Yeah. Twins much or whatever. You know? <laughs> yeah. She's like, do you really think you look like mm-hmm. him? When yeah. people say, people come to me after shows, sometimes they'll be like, you remind me so much of so-and-so. It'll be some friend of theirs at work that's funny. And I'll be like, real handsome guy? I say it every time, and I don't know why. It's do like, they laugh every time? They do, and it makes it hurts my feelings oh. when they laugh. Yeah. I won't tell you who my wife, she said it last night, who someone on TV reminds her of you. Really? It's his, his demeanor and mannerisms. Oh, it's, it's going to be a real fat guy, but, isn't it? Well, Johnny, first of all, we don't use those words. It's Cam from Modern Family. Who is it? I need to know... <laughs> <laughs> I, he's my favorite character of the whole show. Oh no! So, but he's just—he's just. No, I can't do it. George it, Costanza. It, it has zero to do with the way you look. It has zero to do. Oh man! It really does because this but guy. You have to tell me now. This guy's bald, and you're not bald. You know what I'm saying? So it has zero to do with the way you look. Who is it? Toby from This Is Us. Well, that's not bad. That's what I'm saying. He's a great character. He's a great. Character. He's funny. He's witty. He's always yeah. you know. So that did you watch last night's? I didn't. I'm like three behind. It's his bachelor party, um, so in Vegas. So he's you know it's, it's very it's very good. So um, it's always good, as you know. I love Toby. Uh, he kind of shaved that little on top. You know, yeah. he had the little like I'm going bald, but I'm going to keep this little right. And uh, there were enough memes out there of putting the poop emoji over that because it looked like the poop emoji <laughs> when people keep that little patch in the front. Right. And yeah. I think he just they cut it off. They kind of trimmed it back. Well, the producers are like, you know what? Social media is right on this one. <laughs> That's funny. It's powerful. Social That's media. Funny. Well, yes, but uh, the Vols, the Vols may actually bring home at least a shared title if they win. If they go deep into this tournament on the year where the NCAA is imploding around us, that'd be a really fascinating story. Because people are going to 
change their opinion. By the way, you don't think the Vols are dirty in any way? I don't. I think they would have been if our if Donnie Tindall would have stayed. Yeah. Absolutely, we'd be right. So you don't in the think any of, this. of these players were? Recruited. I think that what we've benefited from yeah. is so much change. It's only happening mainly in programs where they had a guy who was very successful for a long time, where he can, you know, we don't have that. Our guy, and besides, Rick Barnes could surprise me, but that dude is as straight laced. What about Pearl? You think Pearl's dirty at all? I think Pearl's assistant coach was dirty. Yeah, but that, in that lack of institutional control, blah blah blah. I would you, actually be yes. That would be what's going to get him. I yeah. don't. I would be shocked. I think Pearl got burned already for his mistakes. I'd just be shocked if he'd have done it again because he wanted this so badly. I think that's why he's not talking, so he can't incriminate himself. So but, you are not in favor of paying the athletes, though. I didn't say that. Oh, I don't know why you'd make that assumption. Yeah, here's what I, here's what I know about paying athletes in college. It's going to be an impossible – as much as the NCAA right now yeah. cannot regulate all the things they're trying to regulate, you're mm-hmm. talking about a much bigger system with right. a lot more – It's more complicated yeah. than just like, give them the money. Because like, how, what? Are, how much? Are you going to give them the same amount? Is it limited? Each school has a – lives in a different place with a different standard of living or, or – Right. You then know, you have female athletes and say, or do they get the same – They have to. Title what if nine. you're just the lineman? You're not the face, but you're, you're, you're protecting for that running back, and now that you're giving the running back What if back, you're red that year? Do you right. – what if you get cut? What if you – is I mean you're you're it's not but to answer though the question yeah like from a from a theoretical standpoint yeah. I think they're absolutely being I don't think they're being there there's the way you think of it okay they're getting an education yeah okay but they might be their image may be put on a billboard right. in town and they're selling billions of dollars of tickets NCAA right. made jerseys. something like four billion dollars last right. year right think about Duke Christian Leitner's jersey. Yeah. And the assumption is, well, he's going to go pro and make millions anyway. Then he didn't. Yeah. Right? So, so he should have, you know what, and that's a great point. Maybe if you're going to use this person's image after, or maybe if you use their image, you should pay them. Yeah. So if they get big enough that you decide to start putting billboards, they should get one, some sort of, you know, royalty. I heard one the other day that made sense to me, and that was the Olympic model, which Olympic athletes can maintain their amateur status, but they also can get endorsements. Yeah. So... So and so, Sean White, he can still be an Olympic athlete, but also he's getting paid X amount to use this snowboard, right? And he gets free equipment. Uh, I think that's fair because if you're a big enough name to draw that, right? You know, if a dealership wants to give you a Hummer and you want to drive around campus on that, but you're representing that dealership because they've endorsed you, I think that's a little bit less shady than. This under the table weirdness. Right. I think that's to, happening. I think yeah, to act like that it's wrong for them when the school's making so much money, I do think is a little. Um, I mean, if nothing else, it's duplicitous. Yeah, like, you can't. There's a purity to this thing. Well, guys, if y'all weren't making a hundred billion dollars right. off of this, then. But I also think that people act like the worst thing that ever happened to me is I got a Duke education for free. No, I agree with that. That's ridiculous. And I still, and, and, and let me just say this because I know I have some listeners who will be like, "Oh man, you know, there, there's there's real purists, especially yeah. in the old school way of thinking that I agree with. That education, that experience is fine. I'm just pointing out that I don't. And I, I hate pointing out problems when I have no idea what the right solution is. Yeah. But to not act like <laughs> that some dude is actually – he's actually a semi-pro athlete making right. a lot of money for the mm-hmm. organization he plays for. His compensation is an education. Yeah. Okay. Which, yes, at Duke is one thing. But that, you know, 
But the dude playing for Tennessee, I mean, that's a lot. He's he's getting a third of the compensation for maybe if they go further in the tournament for right. double the exposure. Well, or know? if they increase the stipends enough to where these kids wouldn't feel like they had to go sell their jersey to make money or or whatever they yeah. had to do. You know what I'm saying? But then you're getting I got to go sell my championship ring. Well, see, then you're getting the idea just – Maybe though, there's a lot of people. You give them a hundred thousand dollars, you give them ten thousand dollars. If they've not been taught how to manage money, right? Sure, know, there's that. So there's a it creates more problems, right? That's what I'm saying. It's just because but people have freedom. Like we should err on the side of freedom. In other words, saying to a kid, well, first of all, the NBA, this is all, the NBA has got in this mix, and they say the NCAA, blah blah. They this is their problem, and right. The truth is, collectively bargained in the last collective bargaining agreement in the NBA. They or two two agreements ago, they changed the age and they created the one and done system because you could come out straight out of high school. Yeah. The NBA collectively bargained this. So to say the system is racist, these were a lot of African Americans who negotiated this and they allowed this. So there's there's a weird yeah. layered nature to it. Somebody was talking about that on Sports Talk Radio yesterday, and they said, "Well, you can't with one hand take away somebody's right to come make money in your league because you think it's going to water down your product and take jobs from older players." And then on the other hand, go, the NCAA, and, and then right. point it all at them. The truth is the old-timers are right when they say we should maintain the purity of the game. But they're also talking about a time when the game was not a billion-dollar game. Yeah. And so when you're swimming in a sea of billions of dollars, it, the world changes, and these players are going to be like very suspicious of a coach that gets a $12 million deal, and they get a stipend. Yep. It's different. So I think it's worth it's a conversation worth having. And when you're an adult too, we're not yeah. talking about minors, right? You know, you're an adult, yeah. but you're you're saying, and you know, if you leave in one year, what is really the difference between an 18 and a 19 year old? Now you are having to earn the right. Yeah. And you ha- so, you know, the, you and I talk about it all the time. Someone's going to provide opportunities for you if you know in whatever you do, mm-hmm. you have to have some level of being able to deliver when when you're on whatever that stage or that opportunity may be. That's up to you. So. You know, they do have to be able to play, but I think the thing about athletics is so different than some sort of intellectual endeavor is that, my gosh, you're one blown knee. And so if, yeah. if, you, if they make you go for that one year, yeah. you blow out your knee, they made money off of you. My gosh, you have you, – you've lost your livelihood Yeah, because there's millions at stake. You know? Well, you could go play in Europe and you can go to the, the development league. They call it the G League now. But that's just not the same. And that proves that the other side of the argument could be true as well, which is the other thing the athletes get is a place to showcase their skills to get a pro team to look at them more. So if I go to Duke, if I go to North Carolina, now I'm on TV every week, and now the Toronto Raptors can see me and they can draft me. Whereas if I go just disappear for a year, so it's like they are developing. So they're they're using college as well as college is using them. They're getting more than just an education. No, I totally agree. Like, and I was, you know, I follow the UT Twitter stuff. I mean, they're getting on and off a private plane. Yeah, you know, I mean, they're 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 having a great experience. They well, you also know what are, that's like, though, John. Well, absolutely. I mean, I can't tell you how many times. But you know, it's a. It, so I, I get it. Yeah. I get both sides. I would err on the side of keeping it as it is, for the because I don't. I think there's more corruption ahead. Yeah. Trying to monitor it, and I like your idea. I like the idea of. Yeah. If you're being used, if your image or likeness or name is being used above the average college athlete, then I think yeah. you should consider something in that. If you're the dude right. on the billboard because you're the superstar, hey, that's how scholarships work in yeah. academics. I mean, right. if you made a 36 in the ACT, you're going to get more money than the guy who made a 28. Yeah. And no one's upset about that. That feels like you were aiming that at me, John. Johnny, I think you know. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I see what you're saying. It's 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 people want to throw it and like, oh, there's so much corruption. The key, this, the the answer to this is, let's make everything legal. Like that's not necessarily the right. fix. It's like people that want to legalize all drugs, right? Not just weed. There's people that go, if we just stop criminalizing drugs, it's like then what? Well, yeah, it's like they I don't mean, you sit. would you would help a lot in the in the penal system in terms of right. You would empty out the jails, but in the short term. But then it's like people don't understand a lot of what crime that's drug related is about like turf wars and drug cartels and people who go, this is my area to sell these drugs. It's not just about whether or not you're finding a guy or, or criminal uh, criminalizing somebody having a bag of weed. It's who gets the right to sell crack right. there. So if you just go, well, crack's legal now. Oh, everything's going to be fixed. No, it's going to be a huge mess. Right. So I don't know. Well, don't you, use crack, kids. Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone understands our simple message. You know, you always say that when we're talking about issues like drugs or like alcohol. And, you know, a lot on this podcast we've talked about um, our respective journeys into um, new ideas about what the gospel is really about yeah. or about grace or about freedom, you know, yeah. and, and then how much in my life – I can always speak for me on this – how much in my life – there were – that's why I said I, I can handle looking through a lens at something and realizing that I see that because of the lens, not because of what it is. Yeah. And that was the way – that was a lot of the way my viewpoint of faith was. I looked at people maybe – you know, you know, I didn't offer them the, the grace that I did not realize I needed as much or more than they did mm-hmm. because the lens of my viewpoint of faith or of right and wrong or the gospel – just had something needed to be it needed to be more clear, uh, and it still is becoming more clear. And so it certainly tainted the way that I saw things. Not that I wanted to see them wrongly. Yeah. I think there's always, I think the reason we judge everybody so harshly right now in our society, social media or otherwise, is because we assume if you're wrong that it was an intentional wrong, like that you're you're intentionally. Um, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, some of this was in jest. I'm driving down my road to my house, and there's a dude on my road who's who flies a flag in his front yard that's very offensive to me. Yeah. And I made this comment like, you know. It's the Ukrainian flag. It's the, guys, I can't take it. <laughs> and, and you know, <laughs> and I just made a joke. You know, I wonder if I'd get in trouble if I go over there and sneaking over there and burning that flag or taking that flag down mm-hmm. or whatever. And just kind of in jest, you know. And because in my mind, yeah. Uh, what I see him flying is is such a is such a negative thing that's so offensive to so many people in our country yeah. for no reason that I and it is and it, there is right and wrong and I, don't, I have no problem saying that but I think that my viewpoint changing the lens changing goes it's not like that guy just woke up one day and said you know what I'm gonna be a bigoted jerk right. like there's a story behind him that gets him to there yeah. that may be the only knowledge that he has. And there may be a reason he can't hear my viewpoint. And certainly me destroying his flag is not going to help him hear my right. viewpoint. And he may never get there. Um, and so coming to this place where, you know, it's hard for me to vilify. I can vilify a viewpoint, but when I vilify the person for it, when I connect it as if it's a conscious, yeah. this guy wants to be this way, and maybe he does. And, and you can't even listen to words because people will will proclaim yeah. that. I like the way I am. And okay, so did I. And whatever my thing was, 
yeah. it's only until the lens began to shift that I could see, oh man, I thought that I liked the way that yeah. I was, you know, yeah. and there's a better, there's a better way. And so I know, I mean, I know I've waxed down. a. No, you're right. And that's part of the, part of the reason I was able to forgive my dad is like when you grow, you, you grow up and then you realize you become a man, you're like, okay. I started thinking not just about what my dad did or didn't do as a parent, but I started thinking about the tools he had, right? the tools he was given emotionally, the things he lost, the tragedies he endured. And you see the whole picture and you go, okay, this guy was in pain. He, de- he definitely could have done a better job. Yeah. And he blew it. But I almost felt sorry for him more than I felt anger towards him once I really got perspective on it. Because I was like, here was a guy who lost a son. Like I had an older brother who I never met. Mm. He died. He was he died by a lightning strike. Mm. So he was nine. And so my dad, my mom used to tell me that he just kind of decided, like, if God will take my child from me, et cetera, et cetera. Like I'm never going to get close again. He So he hardened his heart. So he never, like – tried to be a real dad to his other kids after that. And he was raised in a huge alcoholic, you know, family, Kentucky. And they just, you know, I don't know any of my uncles and aunts because they all just kind of pickled themselves up there. They're just kind of like drunks. And uh, so I just started thinking about all the tools he had and the anger that he was dealing with and that he couldn't process properly. And I'm sure he should have dropped it all. He should have figured a way to make peace. And he should have, but I felt more sorry for him as a as a, an adult, as a thirty year old. When I finally forgave my dad, I was like, "This guy could have had. He had a good family, and he he missed out on it because he couldn't see. Yeah, he couldn't see past his own rage and his own anger, um, and his hurt. And uh, I don't want to be that. So I need to figure out a way not to have this kind of baggage. But it's that's a different lens than just saying." My dad was a jerk. Right. And then you just kind of put him in a box and say, he was this, he blew it. Like, it's always more complicated than that. Always. Yeah. Be it whether it's a racist, whether it's a homophobe, whatever it is, there's something that's layered in there that's hurt and that's, that's yeah. uh, anger. And so. No, absolutely. And I think that what we really struggle with in society, and this is back to your point, making everything legal. Yeah. That's the term you used. You know, you always say to me, you know, if you if you take a topic like yeah. smoking, right? Okay, uh, and you know, I grew up in a time where, and you know, it's so funny. Smoking today is more offensive than drinking to yeah. people. I mean, absolutely. I think all day long. Yeah, um, and <clears throat> you know. Well, because of secondhand smoke, probably right. Right, right. Well, because it's so obviously nobody gets like secondhand cirrhosis. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> how many glasses of wine is that, Janet? <laughs> and, um, but you always say, you know, you're thinking about someone. Okay, man, listen, let's remove, let's remove the legalism from this, and yeah. let's just say this is okay. But then you become addicted, or you're living a life where it's not just like you can't stop to a ridiculous level. Yeah. And then you always say, well, that's not freedom. Like right. the, just because you had the freedom to do this doesn't mean that you're living in freedom on this. And that's the viewpoint that I think we're really struggling with in America today or in the world today. Yeah. It's a 
oh, well, listen, guys, who are we to judge? That that comes up, and I'm saying the same thing. Who am I to be mad at the guy on my street whenever I have this, 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 and this? So therefore, I can't, because I can't deal, because I'm aware, which is a good thing, that I'm so flawed myself, I no longer have the ground upon which to stand to be able to even necessarily know, much less proclaim what might be right and wrong. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I then assume because I'm not doing that, that we're all free because I'm not, we we act like a judgmental free zone is freedom. Yeah. And then we're all walking around in in bondage to something, you know, or chained up to something, you know, it's like our relationships are falling apart. Our marriages are falling apart. Society, you know, and yet we're going, but it's okay because at least none of us are pointing it out to anyone else, right? And we're not judging, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think about Planet Fitness. You know, we, we talked about that like one of the very first podcasts we did. I think we talked about Planet Fitness, and they have the judge no judgment zone or whatever. And I, I'm like, look, I'm out of shape. Like, <laughs> if I'm lifting this weight wrong, somebody come tell me. Sure. Like, they'll just be like, no, I don't want to make this guy feel weird. It's like, I'm going to tear my pec muscle, okay? <laughs> I don't have a pec muscle. I don't. It's it's the beginning <laughs> stages. It's a, <laughs> it's a pec embryo. <laughs> but uh, I don't know science. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, let me get into a machine wrong. Don't You know what I'm right. saying? It, it's just so weird to, to think that that's where we are, that that's how we attract people is by saying – we won't even tell you the right way. Right. You <laughs> Don't hey, worry about us. <laughs> yeah. You can come here and no, and I'm, I, they have Tootsie Rolls in a bowl at the door. <laughs> and every Friday they have pizza. Wow. That's a gym. It, that's so it's, And I'm not saying go with like Globo Gym where it's been still or like pointing at your flab. Right. But, uh, there's got to yeah, be a happy happy medium. Well, and I think that I think that that exact thing it is in reaction to something. You're yeah. right. It's in reaction to Gold's Gym. It's in reaction to yeah. some, you know, lunkheads. Place where you, yeah, right. Yeah. You felt you felt shame, and the church is doing the same thing. Yeah, the church is always in some either reactionary state to, oh my gosh, you know, people grow up in hellfire and brimstone, and so because you know you felt such shame for yeah. the faults that everyone has, and we all need this message so that Jesus can take our place yeah. so that he becomes the center of the universe, okay, right. instead of me. And so that through, in fact, I'm going to read you something. It's not the thing I thought I was going to read. Excerpts but, from John Driver. But I was, I was reading, uh, listen, this is from, this is from actually uh, Tim Keller in a devotional. <clears throat> he says, um, wait a second. Yes. He's talking about what what blessing means. It's in Proverbs. Yeah. He says, um, to be blessed then is to know partial but substantial healing. I have to read up, sorry. In Genesis 3, we see that sin put us in a condition where we are in contradiction with God, our true selves, other human beings, and even nature itself. So he's defining sin as bigger than what we define it. Sin means that God's mad at you. Right. I don't really think that's what, I think that's a very narrow viewpoint. That lens is way too narrow because yeah. it puts God as if as if he's against you. Yeah. The entire message of Jesus repeatedly is to try to tell you, I came, all you confused about God, so God sent me. I am the image of God. 
if yeah. you've know, if you've met me, you've met the Father, and I'm here to tell you that I love you. Mm-hmm. I love the world, so right. that that's why I'm here, so mm-hmm. that you won't be condemned. But I'm yeah. on your side, and so repeatedly. But that's the message with your dad or whomever. When hardship hits, there's yeah. an assumption like it is the thing broken in the garden. Yeah. Now God's against me. I have to hide. Now God's against me because I made a mistake. Yeah. Now God's against me because this is hard. I have to go. I have to go cover my nakedness. I have to hide. I have to. I right. can't. I can't trust Him anymore. And so He defines it. Okay, how about this? Sin puts us in a contradiction, not just with God, but with our true selves. Mm-hmm. Okay, with other human beings and even nature itself. We are out of alignment with the creation order in all its dimensions, and so our normal human state consists of spiritual emptiness, inner anxiety, and crises of identity. Conflicts between nations, classes, and races, and the destruction of our natural environment. And this is what he says about blessing. I love this, Johnny. To be blessed, then, is to know partial but substantial healing in each of these areas as God's salvation repairs our hearts and our behavior. Spiritually, we reconcile with and grow closer to God. Psychologically, we come to understand ourselves and find our feelings and actions coming more under the Spirit's control. Relationally, we discover the added depth and dimension that common faith can add to human friendship. And socially, we find ways to serve neighbors and the broader civic community no longer captive to political ideologies. Salvation is not merely forgiveness and admission to heaven. It means life is healed slowly but surely in all its dimensions. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, that just jumped off the page at me. What a what a more holistic viewpoint. Yeah. A holistic viewpoint of what this is really supposed to be. And so when somebody looks at the lens, I, I struggle as a as a pastor and really just as a Christian. Like I wish I just would stop saying I'm a pastor. I believe that all Christians are shepherds to some extent of one another. And I think that our inability to accept that as as the beauty of the body is a part of the problem. Some may do it vocationally, yeah. okay? But I think that we're all supposed to be shepherding one another. But as someone who's trying to grow in this message, much less proclaim it, because I'm still learning as I go, I think the, 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 the issue is to, to point to a problem is so offensive to people now. They just want a place to rest. They're just beaten down by already yeah. by their problems. Right. And they want to come to a place where well, if God really loves me, he'll just leave me alone. I just want I just want the voices that are telling me how awful I am to stop, mm-hmm. whether it's outside or inside voices, and realize that the real freedom, and, and that goes back to that, what just using smoking as a very very nominal outside example. Why do you hate smoking? Just because so I'm much? just because I'm free to smoke doesn't mean that because yeah. I smoke that I'm free. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And coming to that viewpoint of if you man, we can't even use the word sin anymore. Right. Coming to that viewpoint to go, okay guys, just because I'm free and by the way, through the the, the gospel, Paul said that. Am I free to sin? And he says, actually you are but because you're actually free in Christ, you're going to know, right. and because he's equipped you, don't that be a slave real freedom it. is not being a slave to that anymore. Right. You don't need that anymore just because yeah. you technically have the freedom to do whatever you want to do. Yeah, I think there's a quote I was thinking of when you were talking about the freedom issue. There's a quote, I can't remember who said it. It said, anxiety is the dizziness of freedom, meaning hmm. this ain't like, I always think of like a middle class, uptight, white dude in therapy four times a week because he feels like he's made the wrong choices. How do I get my wife to talk to me more? How do I, did I choose the wrong college? Yeah. Did I, should I go for that promotion at work? We, 
a person with a lot of choices, there's a there's a uh, a surreal quality to it that can kind of infect you. Um, when I was broke, I never thought, man, I need to talk about this with someone. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I felt less anxiety as a broke person <laughs> than when I started having some success. Yeah. I feel more anxiety because I have so many more choices and I can blow it in so many more ways. Sure. I can throw it all away. I have something to lose. When you have nothing to lose and you have nothing in the bank, there's something there's something that feels kind of like freedom there, but it's not really freedom. It's just like I don't think about how enslaved I am to this job or whatever. I just go, this is what we do. We all <laughs> get a credit card and we all whatever and then we die and then we leave the debt to the next generation. But when you have the ability to do something different or like, oh, I have this gift I've been given. Should I pursue this? What school? What? There's something that only free people get to feel, and that's that real anxiety that says, you can mess this up. Yeah. Somebody told me that a, a campus pastor, I remember forgetting, he was having a conversation with me. He said, when I turned to God, people always say, when I came to the end of myself, that's when, that was the beginning. That's what Billy Graham said who just passed. Yeah. I had come to the end of myself. That's the beginning of God. When you yeah. come to the end of yourself, it's beautiful. Yeah. But what he said was, he said, I got to be about 18. I was sleeping with my girlfriend and I was doing all these, and we had a pregnancy scare. And he said, I, it, it rattled me because I was from a wealthy family, I think. And he said, I realized that I was not invincible, that I could ruin my life with a choice. Yeah, and that was kind of he he realized some of the things. Not that a baby would ruin his life, but you know what I'm saying. Like he could make something that was life altering. That he was not just this superhero. And so I think that's where you start. To, you're you're butting up against what freedom really is versus what it's not. Which it's not this cure all. Like we'll all be free. Look at the free market today. Capitalism is supposedly a free system, but there's a lot of people who abuse it yeah. and they're greedy. And they take advantage, and the government is not a good enough referee sometimes, and so people, people uh, create ghettos, and all this stuff can happen. Yeah, and so like there's freedom, and then there's real freedom. And I don't know. I think you they're know, different. I, th- I think of the. I always, and you know, it's so funny when you're when you grow up in Christian culture. There's certain scriptures even that yeah. you cringe at because you've heard them said. Yeah, and and from our our traditions you've heard them maybe shouted and everyone's excited about them and as a kid you're like i don't get it yeah like why are you so excited about this and one of those scriptures is but you just said it you know you said there's freedom and there's real freedom you know he said if christ makes you free Mm -hmm. then you're free indeed yeah like it seems like a like like it's repeating like why are you and i think what he's he's pointing that out or even says for freedom he has set us free he says so there's two verses that Mm -hmm. i can think of off the top of my head it says the same thing. It's not for you being having. He he's set you free now, not so that you may be enslaved out of your freedom. He's acknowledging that yeah. there is something to your ability to choose that can put you in a worse position than you were. Yeah. Like, but there's a real freedom in not being the center. There's a real. I love how you said that. There's a real freedom in like. And I've talked about this before. When I study my family history, mm-hmm. I go back and I see, uh, I'll look through the actual census records from like the 1700s, 1800s of people in my family. And I'll see all, they had, you know, seven, eight, nine children. Mm-hmm. And then I'll see that one of those children died in infancy. And I'm just like, I'm going to tell you, man, 
as a as a parent, it, yeah. it haunts me. Yeah. And and hearing your story, my gosh, I mean these are these are things you don't right. And then I see that they kept going. You know, they had other children. And what was crazy back then, it was not uncommon for them to name the next child the same name as the huh. childhood past. Wow. They didn't see it as a dishonor or a weird thing, but let's honor them yeah. by remembering their name and calling it every day. But that's got my, the gut wrenching. I don't know. I don't know that story, but I know when I look at it and they get to the end of their life and they all, this sounds depressing, but I take comfort. Like, you know what? They lived their life yeah. and they died. And I'll live my life, and I'll die, and it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Like because you you get inside this modern, I'm invincible. Yeah. You know nothing like bad. Well, that's part of the back to the flat Earth thing. It's yep. like, are you the center of things? Yep. Are you a movie that's about you, where everybody else is just an extra in your life? Yeah. Or are you a part of a whole that is moving around something else? And if you believe that. Your your actions will change once you believe you're not the center of things. Yep, your actions change. That's why that's why God made marriage and family, and that's why it's important. It's why it's worth defending. That's why it's worth saying yes. I'm free to go sleep with whoever I want, but I don't want to because this is more important. Because of those things, like that's peace. That's not just freedom. That's peace. Right. You know, you can have a chaotic life where you don't know you're living a double life in a different state, but you're free to do it. Right. But it's not, that's not real freedom. Now you're, you're afraid every time the phone rings. Yep. You know? And I think that many people live in faith in that, in that duplicitous state. Yeah. And they don't know it. But like, it's a, we, I spend all my time right now for myself and for the people of my church and the yeah. people who hopefully are listening that I care about. That's the only reason that I do this. Yeah. To say, I was praying this morning and this, this hit me because it's so easy. You know what, God, may we settle for nothing less than the actual fullness of what it is that you offer to us. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not a prosperity thing I'm saying or a church growth thing I'm saying, but in this community of faith yeah. that you have granted us as a gift, you know, it says, I think in Ephesians that he is the fullness of God and the fullness is found in his church who who is the, who fills all in all. Like, there is a fullness found and we can't use church. We can't say freedom. They all sound like churchy words. And, and if you're not careful, depending on your generation or your background, you would like, you literally have not hearing what I'm saying because yeah. it sounds like in free indeed or whatever. Like it sounds to me, I got my thing too, yeah. but to redeem those words mm-hmm. to, you know, be renewed in them. Like, okay, I'm going to take away what I've been thinking of this. I'm going to think of it differently to, to, maybe get a new lens, <laughs> whatever it may be, every, whatever metaphor helps you get there. But to go, yeah, guys, if you're not experiencing today the fullness of what that is, it may not be that the message is wrong because you have been granted freedom. It just may be that for freedom, you've not been set free. It may be that you're not living what the indeed part is of that. That just because you're free to choose doesn't mean that yet you have lived yeah. what what the real freedom of that choice brings, and yeah. because in there I believe I believe that, and I've tasted little bits and pieces of that. I've seen it, I've experienced it, and then I've, I want. But the days when I'm far from it, like I want hope. Yeah, I, I have to re-cling to that. But I think what we're in danger of doing today is to throw out the whole thing. 
because who can know, right? Who can know, which is just, it's yeah. just, it's, it's functional agnosticism is what it is. Yeah. Agnosticism would just say, I, I, who can know, you know? And so I stop even trying to discover because whatever version of freedom that I tried, maybe through faith didn't work out. Uh, for me, I don't feel like I'm experiencing or I saw this hypocritical part of it or I saw behind the curtain. Yeah. And the deal is just because, just because someone else used that freedom to not really live free doesn't mean that that freedom was wrong. Yeah. What about you? What about us? What about now? Why not now? I don't want to live anymore where it, it, if you're going to a church or you're living in that in existence where it's like, I'm not, I'm not dogging churches. I'm saying we all at every one of our places of, of, on, on this journey need to settle for nothing less than the full freedom for which Christ set us free. That's why he did it. Mm-hmm. He didn't do it so that you now can live in a mediocre existence where technically you're going to heaven. Yeah. <laughs> and that goes back to that, but that you're not being set free in every area of your life. Yeah. You're not, you're not. So I don't know, man. And, and, and we stop expecting it. We just, oh, this is what I expect. I expect this to all just be, you know, mediocre trudging along. And I expect the best that we're going to get is that we had a few more people come to church or we went on a missions trip or whatever. Like, my gosh, every day should feel like whatever that great thing is on that mission trip you went on every day, yeah. not feeling, but experiencing that, that those things are real. Cause you know what really, and I'm, I'm on a rant and I'll be off of it in a second, <laughs> but when you go on a mission trip, what's hilarious is when, when you and I, Johnny have been on a lot of them together yeah. and we love it. Mm-hmm. But it's hard. We're tired. Yeah. We're jet lagged. We get sick. We're dealing in a, we're in dangerous political environments. Honestly, we're, right. we're an enemy. Yeah. Any moment, bad things. We've been pickpocketed. We've, I mean, my gosh, we've been bitten by strange bugs and all kinds of things. And we come back and tell it like it was the greatest story of our lives. Right. It wasn't comfort. It was blessing in a different yeah. lens. The, why, why was it? Because it was pure. Why was it? Because we loved people better. Why was it? Because we were undistracted from the things of this world. Yeah. Should not take a foreign country. Right. Like I'm in a foreign country today. Yeah. What is it that keeps me from what is it? What is it that keeps me from that? Is it just that I'm here every day and so it becomes second nature? But like, my gosh, and it sounds like I'm a motivational speaker. The gospel is a motivational message. Yeah. Except that it's also real. And so coming to that place of going, man, for freedom, he set me free today. I don't know, man. It's just, it's just, it's, 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 it's all on myself. Well, well, I mean, I'm going to quit smoking. Uh, <laughs> you said that. Johnny, I think, you know, I've got this Chantix. I got this really? coupon for it. That sounds. So, you'd be great in the commercials. Yeah. Yeah. We're running out of these drug commercials. Have you noticed that the drug commercial will come on? Then the next commercial is a lawyer who says, if you took Chantix, <laughs> yeah. call this number. Man, if you're not a Nashvilleian and you don't watch the Bart Durham commercials, oh they're the strangest, out. most awkward things Nashville I've ever Nashville listeners, back me up. Bart Durham is fascinating. First of all, he's full on just like committed to just for men. He is going to not. That, he's got to be 107. That hair is not going white on his watch. I tell you what. He has the... Just for Bart. It is something really, else. He's bought stock. And he is a terrible actor. The people who he has in the commercials are terrible actors. But then it says, not paid actors or whatever. And you're like, well, I guess not. If you paid them... <laughs> Get your money back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. I don't know if every city has that. Every city has local commercials. But those are fascinating because he's a successful attorney. Yeah. Uh, clearly, if he's paying those ads, and he's got money, 
He's got clients. The one, the one that gets me, Johnny, is he's standing by a lady's bedside, and I'm not, I'm not at all dogging the lady. And I think we need people who help people, so it's fun. <laughs> this is so but funny. Some of this, some of this is just my, ju- right. this is my judgmentalism right. from a vantage point of just pure vocabulary or conjugation. Right. Okay. That's yes. all. And he says, "Hey, know how you feeling?" She's like, "My back hurts." And he goes, "You just lay here and get better, and we'll take care of the law part." <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, you're you're an attorney with a you, you uh, have a doctorate of jurisprudence. So yeah. like, and you just said the law part. Like, yeah. you can't say that. You at least say the legal part. Oh, we'll no. take care of what's it called? The law part. I don't know. And I you know. And oh, now no. I'm a, I'm judging the guy. And I'm sorry. I just think he should have said it better. He I sh- want my lawyer to be smarter than me. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? He should be. Yeah, it should be that not, hard. It's not that hard. No. <laughs> I was say. Oh dear. <laughs> Well, uh, Bart Durham, not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Durham, still a well, better I'm name than a, I'm more of a J.G. Wentworth, 877-CASH-NOW guy. J.G. Wentworth. That's the other thing is like, how many people are out there getting these annuities and they need a lump settlement? Like, I have a structured settlement, but I need cash now. <laughs> how many people are out there that they have to pay for a commercial? Like, who's that aimed at? Is there that many people? Do you have a structured settlement that I don't know about? Let me John? tell you something. No, I don't. But I will tell you this, Johnny. Yeah. It may. It. it I, I. I think exactly the same thing, and it causes me to really be like nervous about the state of the world because you maybe might, there are structured settlements. We're all being held up by just yeah. You know, everybody's leveraged. It's all maybe. Leveraged. What if it's well? I mean, the, these it's the NCAA basketball players. They're like, yes. look, I have a structured settlement with the university. I need cash now. Right. And they're all living behind the firmament. Absolutely. Right now. Under so, it. Oh. <laughs> hanging onto the edge like, what? That's like right. The, you can't, you like can't live tree, behind it. You fall off the roots, flat earth. The tree roots are coming out the bottom of it. They're hanging on. <laughs> well, well, believe it or not, we're out of time. <laughs> uh, next week, werewolves. <laughs> What's your take? Hey, I do hope that you will uh, – Here's what I want to ask this time. Don't just don't share this unless it was important or did something good for you or enjoyed it. But if it did, think about sharing it on your social media feed. Absolutely. And uh, and so it, that would be just very helpful for more people to hear because MySpace, LinkedIn, Friendster, whatever you have. Absolutely. Absolutely. All the biggies. <laughs> Friendster. Remember Friendster? <laughs> I don't. I remember Napster. No, Friendster was like a social network. No way. Yeah. What about a- Godspace or was that a thing? Uh, there is a thing. Praise book. God tube. <laughs> That's what it is. Praise book. Praise book. Oh my gosh, guys! These are all real companies that we just bashed. Yeah. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They may be doing great. I don't Praise know. book, not a sponsor. <laughs> all right, but share it and and uh, like it and uh, send if you know Dane Allen, send him personal messages telling him that you missed him because um, we missed him and uh, we do. Maybe he'll be back on. And uh, but he's a busy guy. We love you, Dane. We do, Dane. We love you. All right, you guys, have a great rest of your week whenever this posts. See you next time. Q. Hey there, it's Carly Mercoulier, host of Therapy and Theology, a weekly podcast that explores popular topics and questions related to faith, feelings, and spiritual formation. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.